Glenfiddich, the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey, is expertly crafted and made with extraordinary care. Each single malt is a work of perfection. Next Drive Show podcast on a Tuesday. Hope everyone had a great uh, 4th of July weekend. I know that I did. And uh, scrambling here a little on a Tuesday morning. You know, the kids are out of school. You do some camps. And then there's always those weeks where... You know, there is no camp, so you got to figure out what you're going to do with them while you, you go work, and that's what I've been doing um, all morning. But, uh, you know, it's one of those weeks in golf that uh, as we as we get into July um, that I get uh, very excited about, but I got to bring in some people who are more of an expert on this type of golf that we start to see, you know, over the next couple of weeks. And I love waking up in watching uh, golf across the pond. And of course this week we have a outstanding field here uh, as the PGA tour and the DP world tour come together in more ways than one here uh, over the last uh, couple weeks. And we've got the Genesis Scottish open and to uh, help us break it down just North of London there, our man, Ben Coley. How you doing buddy? Hi, Travis. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Really good. I've got the same problems coming up as you're facing now with, uh, with childcare and stuff. But let's get let's get this fortnight out of the way first. Uh, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a we, great time of year. There's really not much to talk about in professional golf these days. You know, I mean, no, I've, been no. kind of, <laughs> I've been having a hard time really just finding, what am I going to talk about today? <laughs> this group that's trying to take over professional golf. I saw that uh, you retweeted Billy Horschel's uh, his comments uh, real quickly before we uh, get to it. Cause Billy's over there and look, Billy is not only, not only does Billy live right here in Ponte Vedra beach, Florida, right next to the PGA tour. He is a big supporter of the DP world tour as well. I mean, he's over there playing. He's won before. And he had some harsh words just real quick. Uh, fill our audience in on Mr. Billy and his thoughts. And I'd love to get your comments on it. Yeah. I suppose it was a, a good reminder really that, um, there are different people oppose or support uh, live for different reasons, right? So my reasons and your reasons and anybody else, they might all be different. So it's quite important to remember that when we have these arguments on the internet about it. Like, And, and I think I of, often find myself explaining to people that Keith Pelley and Jay Monaghan are not really making protests based on human rights grounds, pro- probably because, you know, certainly Keith Pelley has, has, has had a tournament hosted by Saudi Arabia before right. he's making his defense based on com- competition and all those other things. And, and also just his job, which is to defend and, and, and make sure that his tour prospers. But as far as Billy Horschel goes, clearly he has a different point of view and, and his point of view is one, which I, I really think will resonate or at least help sort of separate some of the, the things that lead people to what about three that lead people to say, Oh, what about China? And what about all this? And, and his point was, was purely, if you attack the PGA tour, that that's wrong. And you, you attack me. And I I thought it was a really strong line. And it was fairly clear. He was talking specifically about Patrick Reed, because I think he said, Oh, if you play 35 times a year, that's your choice. And it's absolutely right. And to hear a player come out, I mean, Jay Monaghan as good as, begged his players to come out fighting and in Billy Horschel today, he got a great spokesperson. And I know, you know, Billy, um, not always the most articulate speaker at times, but he's a passionate speaker. And that's what mm-hmm. matters at moments like these. And I thought he put up a fantastic argument for why if these guys want to do it. And he said it, he said, he's no issue with these guys if they want to go and do it for the money, but don't 
come back and attack the PGA Tour. And I think what we're seeing with the players that are doing that is that when you're forced to defend something which is very hard to defend, and if you're not willing to be totally honest about it, then what a lot of them are doing is turning it around and trying to go on the offensive and he shut them down. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's well said. And uh, go check it out, his comments uh, today, uh, Billy Horschel. We could talk the whole podcast on it, but we've got a couple tournaments really here. Um, we're going to talk about the Genesis Scottish Open, uh, which just has a fantastic field. And, and of course, the guys are over there. JP McNannis, his charity event happening. Uh, Xander Shoffley currently leading as we come on the air uh, right now. He continues his great play. I think Xander Shoffley is an interesting name here. Over the next two weeks, someone that can play in the wind, someone that's clearly gaining confidence right now uh, with his game. We'll get to that. Uh, also this week, Barbasol Championship uh, in Kentucky. Seamus Power, uh, the defending champion from that last year. And then, of course, next week, uh, the Open Championship at the old course. That's going to be fun. And then the Barracuda Championship here in California. So let's get to the Scottish Open. What is this, year four, five, year four at the Renaissance Club? Uh, you know, a, kind of a newer course, really, for links-style types of golf courses and what we've been used to seeing in the United States when that kind of golf is more mainstream right over here. Tell my audience about the Renaissance Club in Scotland, Ben. Yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of what you'd classify as a modern Lynx golf course. It, mm -hmm. It's very much Lynx turf. And I think about yeah, when players talk about how Lynx golf is different, and this is something JT mentioned when he was playing at Lynch the other day, it's not just the wind and all the shots, but it's the actual turf itself and how the ball lies. Um, and also, obviously, the speed of the greens, which have to be uh, kept fairly slow, certainly compared to most PGA Tour courses. So that's an adjustment players like JT and Spieth and, and the rest of them will have to make. But but yeah, when I say a modern links, it's, it's a relatively new design. It's a very exclusive and, and expensive place to play. And mm -hmm. I think you have to remember that it's really been built for, uh, yes, to host golf tournaments like the Scottish Open, but also uh, to attract year-round uh, tourists who are willing to pay a bit more than they might at certain other courses. Um, and therefore, it is pretty forgiving in places off the tee. Although I, I've heard that the rough is 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 growing. And, and as the years go by, it may develop more of that, that bite. And there is some wind in the forecast. So it's one of those courses, the comment we'll always make about Lynx courses in general, and, and you'll hear made about St. Andrews. If it's flat calm, these guys can go around there in 62 in a heartbeat. Um, if there's a bit of wind, it becomes a lot more problematic. And although... I guess the uh, the more familiar renewal for for the U.S. audience in particular will be last year's when Minwoo Lee won and, and it was fairly calm for the most mm -hmm. part. If you go back to 2020 when Aaron Rye beat Tommy Fleetwood, there was some brutal weather. Um, that, that, that was held. That was yeah. held, I think, in Oct uh, September or October. So you know, mm -hmm. um, ho hopefully we'll get a nice breeze, but nothing too brutal to uh, put them through their paces. Yeah, it doesn't look too breezy at this point. Maybe as the week goes on, the weekend I was looking. Um, but it does sound like it's going to be firm. It's going to be fast. And of course the ball bouncing um, around like that for so many of us, especially here in Florida, right? Cause it's just the opposite in here, here in Florida, at least at most places where you're going to hit it in the air and it's going to stop and it's not going to have a whole lot of run out where there you can hit the chaser down there and it's going to bounce. Uh, the bounce comes into play, the types of shots you're going to hit into the greens, the creativity, uh, it's just fascinating. I love, I love watching growing up in the Northwest, you know, it's wet, but there's a lot of places where you do get that ball bouncing around a little bit with some undulation. Um, I like to see the ball bounce. 
You know, as, as simple as that may sound, that statement, like to see the ball tumble and bounce and for that aspect to come into play. And as you look at the style of player here, it is seems fairly generous off the tee, not real tight, but the rough is up. Are there one or two things as you're kind of building your models type of player you're looking for? Not really, to be honest. I mean, it's probably one mm-hmm. of those weeks where I'd value short game a little bit more than than usual. Um, certainly, if you look at Minwoo Lee, like the the most obvious skill in in Minwoo Lee is that he's a he's got a beautiful swing and and he drives the ball an absolute mile for for one who's you know he doesn't weigh much. But I think the the one most underrated aspect of his game and something that I think will become more apparent over the coming years as he develops is is how good he is around the greens. Um, and he, he grew up in Perth and in Australia and, and playing in the wind. And uh, he, he's won a couple of times already by the coast. And I think really it, it's one of those weeks, and, and I'll talk about it next week as well, where all those statistics we use to predict golf on a week to week basis, I think they take on a little bit less value here because mm. I think a, a good iron player now, obviously the best iron player in the sport won the open last year, but a good iron player isn't always a good iron player in links conditions because they're landing the ball in different places and playing for different things. And obviously Morikawa was kind of, he's a freak, isn't he? Um, you know, we, we can't really base too much on him. So yeah, I think for, for the next fortnight, for me, there's a, Certainly at St. Andrews, but I think here as well, there's an, there's an added emphasis on short games without question. Minwoo Lee, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, he should have won here in 2020. <laughs> yeah. um, Aaron Rye's really tidy around the greens as well. So I think that's kind of the number one thing. But um, I, I'd say it's a fairly level playing field this week. Um, and, and if it's windy at St. Andrews next week, I'll be probably all about the short game. But if it's flat calm, you'd be trying to find someone who can drive four of those greens. But we'll, we can leave that puzzle for another few days. And of course, Morikawa missed the cut last year. This week. I, I think he, he finished, he made the cut and finished about 70 second. Did or he made the, like the cut. Okay. Yeah, I, he, it, They may have done a secondary cut and he, he didn't play Sunday. I can't remember. But the one thing, I mean, it's a great um, uh, way into this tournament, I suppose, because this is the strongest field we've had for the Scottish open. And we saw in Canada a month ago that when you get a really strong field, even if you could maybe think that, those elite golfers are thinking more about the U S open the following week that they are the best players in the world. Yeah. They come and they'll play and, and they'll be hard to shift. But sometimes um, that, that there's at least a risk, their eyes off the ball slightly. And with Morikawa last year, just a fantastic example of how, um, a week where you don't win doesn't have to be a meaningless week because he, he went there. I, I, you'll know more about the technical aspects, but I believe he adjusted the lie on his irons because of how they were sitting on the turf. Mm-hmm. One week later, he's winning the open. So for a lot of these players, there's, there's, there's some learning to do here as well. And I think that probably would be enough to put me off getting carried away with some of those big names because, okay, they'd love to win the Scottish open. Many of the best players in the world have won the Scottish open. Phil Mickelson did win yep. it and then won the open the week after, but there's just as they might be at 90%. And if they're at 90%, then let's have a go again and beat. <laughs> yeah, they're still the best players, right? 90%. Sure. It'll yeah, still work. <laughs> was it Mickelson 2013? And then Jay Rose, Justin Rose 2014, Ricky 2015. We know Ricky likes it over there. You know, so there's some there's some big names. You mentioned Aaron Rye in 2020, Bern Wiesberger back in 19, Brandon Stone in 18. You know, so those are uh, some of the names. Minwoo Lee, most recently back in uh, 20, 
21. Uh, yeah, I think Morikawa was having a hard time how the club was interacting with the turf. So I think he, they had to do some things there to maybe clean up the lie angle a little bit. And then, well, he made the appropriate adjustments and off he went. All right, let's get into it. Big names here. John Rom kicks us off here at 12 to one. Scheffler uh, will be fun to watch over there at 12 to one. JT's had good success here at 14 to one. Of course, he's had a lot of success anywhere he plays. I think Xander's a really interesting name at 18 to one, of course, with his most recent win, Fitzpatrick uh, winning ways at the U.S. Open, 18 to one. Can't lay at 22. Are we going to see Will Zalatoris again in the final group of a major championship in, a, in another week at 25 to one? Morikawa, 25. Cameron Smith, 25. These are the usuals, right? These are the names. Um, let me ask you this. Zalatoris. Is he... Because the speed of these greens, right? Like, do you factor in a lot here with when these greens slow down and who has managed the slower pace of the greens, perhaps put the wind on top of it, because these are much slower than what we've been used to, or these guys are used to in the United States, right? And can be. And, and I think for some that's frustrating because they like the greens sped up a little bit because that's what they're used to playing on the PGA tour. I, I start with Zal Torres who, who has become a much improved putter, even though in short distances uh, it's tough to look at. Look, I, I don't think it's as much of a weakness as it used to be. I think he's gaining confidence. I think his technique's getting better with the stuff he's doing with Josh Gregory. Um, the speed of the greens, one, you factor that in. And two, how do you like Will Zalatoris in Europe playing that kind of golf? Yeah, he's, he's, he's interesting here, obviously, and, and for next week. Easy to forget that he'd made a really solid start to the Open last year when he took on that shot in round two and injured himself and and withdrew. I think he was eighth after round one. So um, he, he'd made a very, very good start. The, the putter's the, the hard thing to weigh up because essentially there, there, there appear to be two versions of Will Zalatoris, the one who turns up to majors and makes everything <laughs> and the one who the rest of the year doesn't. Um, and I know he putted quite well at the Memorial, so the greens there are lightning fast so it, it's an interesting one to ponder um but you know i suppose the most straightforward way to look at it is he's got six top sixes in the last eight starts so he's one of the the form players in the sport and there's no question that um that he has the the right attributes for this type of golf i think he's he's one of those who you know around the greens as we've seen certainly in his first try at augusta but as well earlier this year um he's very very capable that there are definite parallels if we're talking next week more than this between augusta and st andrews so many players who uh, appear to play well at both of those courses obviously Zach Johnson and Tiger Woods being the most stark examples in recent years. But um, I think he's a, he's a big factor for the next fortnight without question. He, he's got to get the monkey off his back. And I, I'd be slightly worried this week that we've not seen him since the U S open. And I think he, to me, he looks a prime candidate to go. I don't want to say go through the motions to, to get himself tuned in yeah. um, and, and get himself ready for next week because he does yeah. lack a bit of links experience versus <laughs> someone like Shoffley. Um, so for, for me, I'd be more towards Shoffley of the two. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit um, with Will. You go up top there, John Rahm. Um, another interesting name to me. John Rahm really struggled here short game most of the season. He seemed to clean it up a little bit here as of late. Um, but as I look up top, Rahm, Scheffler, Thomas. To me, the safest pick for me, and, I, and this is going to sound weird because Scheffler has won a lot, I just find myself leaning towards JT of the three up top. How about you? 
Yeah, I would. I would probably rank them JT, Ram, Scheffler in that order for okay. for this week. And they all played well here last year. I think Ram was a halfway leader. He looked at the time like he would go on and win. There's just that slight nagging issue in the back of your mind with Ram that look, he's he's probably the best golfer in the world still, but he's he's won once in the last twelve months. Now it was in Mexico in a poor field um, where he still, he, you know, he didn't exactly run away with it and. He, you know, he's won his major and I, I'm not going to diminish that. It's a fabulous achievement, but he won it where he's most comfortable. He won it because he made a couple of 30 footers as well. He didn't, <laughs> you know, in some ways he slammed the door shut in others. He got out of jail. So there's just that nagging doubt. I think he's almost guaranteed to play well. Um, and, you know, he, he didn't put at all well in this tournament last year. I think he was, he, in fact, he definitely led strokes gained tee to green. He finished seventh he was at the top of his game right then. And I don't necessarily think he's quite at the top of his game right now. And, and just going back to the U S open, which um, is also his most recent star, just like Zalatoris, although he's playing in the JP McManus as we speak, the U S open for me exposed that he's not at his best because when he teed off on the 18th hole on Saturday, he was leading the tournament and favorite. Um, He's finished 12th. You know, that's hugely disappointing for a player of his caliber. Mm. So um, it it seems to me that although he's driving the ball brilliantly, as he has done for the best part of five years, pretty much everything else in his game is not perfect. Um, Whereas I I think JT feels like he's going to win every time he tees it up. And and certainly for Thomas, I I would think he's a massive player this week and next. And I do like the fact he's been to the Hinch, which was the Stuart Mm -hmm. Sink method uh, before he won the Open in 2009. PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com. All right, let me give you three more here. Xander, Fitzpatrick, or Morikawa. Who who would you go there? Xander, it's Xander is right now arguably could be one of the best iron players in the world right now. I mean, he certainly I would put him in one, two, or three. Uh, and his iron game has been terrific. He's driving the ball long and straight. Um, you know, he had a hot putt at the travels, travelers. Uh, positive 7.9. And I still, to this day, I've been tough on Xander. I've been critical of Xander on this show and I get a little pushback from it at times, but I just situationally, he, I, I didn't feel like um, I felt any different coming out of that win. I, I thought Sahith kind of let him off the hook a little bit. I thought Xander was, was reeling a little bit. I thought somebody, you could see it in the way he played the par five, which is a layup birdie for them. Um, and he got fortunate when he teed off and he knew after Sahith whiffed it basically um, that it was once again, his tournament, but Sahith made the run, put the pressure on him and he was feeling it. But nonetheless, Xander's a world-class player. We know that. Um, do you feel any different with him? Do you feel like um, we'll get back to that question in a second. Let me ask you this first. Do you feel any different with Xander after that win? Did, are you more confident that Xander could come over there? Certainly win the Scottish Open and then go to the Open Championship and grind out a tough win, birdie in two of the last four, something like that to slam the door. Xander Schauffele, you know, like we've seen with great players. Xander's good to me, not great on the professional level. Am I wrong? 
No, I think you've, you're probably right. I think I would, the way I'd characterize it is that I don't think that winning the travelers will transform him. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't deny that possibility, you know, like it, it is possible because whatever he will have said about, you know, the Zurich counts as a win, the Olympics clearly is a massive victory, but whatever he, all that notwithstanding to win on the PGA tour again will be significant to him. Mm-hmm. And these guys are very, very good at convincing themselves of things, even if they're not necessarily true. So I can imagine that in Xander's head, the bottom line is this. He birdied the last hole to win the Travelers by a couple of shots, right? Yeah. He led He led from the front. He got the job done. We, we as onlookers will know exactly as you've alluded to, like, does he make that birdie if up ahead Sahith has made par? I don't think he does necessarily. I certainly don't know for sure. And I, so, so if you're asking me if I think it will transform him, no, but it does continue a fabulous run of form. And therefore, if you take him against Morikawa, say, I, I simplistic that will sound, if you're playing fancy golf, then you probably lean towards Xander. If you're having a bet, then there's no doubt for me, I'd rather back Morikawa because he's got far more uh, don't like the phrase but win equity you know like <laughs> yeah no. you know it, it could go he could finish 71st again but he might win the tournament whereas if i had to guess where xander will finish it'd be between sort of 7th and 12th so yeah that, that's kind of how i see it this weekend next but look he might just come here thinking you know especially as he looks like he's going to win the jp mcmanus pro-am you know technically speaking in a manner he's looking for three wins on the trot because you know it's yep. a deep field in ireland this week Next range here with like Cameron Smith, 25, Spieth, 30, Burns, 30, Hideki, 30, Vic, Hovlin, 30. And again, the Sung JM at 40. I want to save Ryan Fox. I want you to tell my audience about Ryan Fox here in a moment. Um, you know, I'm a huge Burns guy and I think his short game has, has certainly improved. Um, Victor Hovlin is, is an interesting one to me right now. I, I think. Victor Hovland's technique has improved, but statistically he hasn't from a short game per- perspective. I think those two will be challenged around the greens. Some, to some degree, we'll see how far Sam Burns' short game has certainly come with what he'll face over there. Um, I, I look at this group, I tend to lean towards Cameron Smith, but certainly you always keep Jordan in the back of your mind. If he finds it in his confidence, we know he has a ton of win equity. But in this middle group here, I think I would lean towards the good play of Cameron Smith. I like the the wider fairways. I think that'll bode well for him. And we know his iron game can go to his iron game will go to work. And we know his short game is world-class. Yeah. Um, and it's a short game, which has let him down in the majors this year. He's got a, he's, it's been a really strange year for Cameron Smith in many ways, fabulously successful, obviously the two biggest wins of his career, but at the same time, he was the best iron player in the masters. He was the best iron player in the PGA and he didn't win either. Um, he, he drove it really well in the PGA as well. And, you know, I think he's 76 out of 78 in putting or something like that. So I think he'd be now as the year has developed, he'll be massively frustrated and it's easy to look at him and think he's gone off the boil. I I don't really think that's the case. I just think things haven't worked out for him. Again, he putted badly in the U S open. He's one, I think is really interesting for next week. Um, He's not necessarily done it yet in, uh, in the open championship, but I think it's far more suitable than a, than a classic U S open test. Um, You know, Again, maybe simplistic, but Chambers Bay is probably the most open style US Open there has been. And and obviously he was in the top five there before he became a world class player. So I do like him for the next the next fortnight. 
probably here. I just want to see how he goes. You know, again, he's another who's not played since since Brookline, and another who will be fairly happy, I think, to to go through the his work and, and get things sharp for next week. He's definitely on the radar for St Andrews. Um, Sam Burns played well here last year after a slow start. I think he's definitely a, a rock solid option. Um, and Hideki's another not seen since the US Open. So um, it's kind of hard to know exactly where some of these guys are, but he's got a good links record. It, dating back, I remember I was there when when he cruelly got a slow pay, play penalty at Muirfield, you know, nine years ago. And ever since then, I felt like a, an opens certainly within his compass. And I know I keep getting distracted. We're talking more about this week, but uh, he's another with that Augusta form who you think could win at St. Andrews. I think, I think this whole LIV decision, which is what it is, right? It's a decision that these guys have to make. Are you going to go to LIV or are you going to go to the PGA tour? You know, what side are you on or now the DP world tour, right? Because they've drawn the line uh, as well. And I think Xander made the decision on Tuesday at the travelers that he was with the PGA tour. That's just my feel talking with people. I think Xander was very much on the fence and I think he met with Jay, the commissioner, and I think he made the decision that I'm staying. And I think the world can just be, you know, it's like, okay, you know, like I'm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to LIV. Okay. Go to LIV. You know, you make the decision and, and you can see the play of some of these players. Like you, it, it just wasn't good before they made the decision. I, I believe that was Xander. I worry about Cameron Smith. I, I think I, I worry about he's on the fence um, and he hasn't played great golf. 48th at the RBC missed the cut at the U S open to your point. Um, a short game, let him down. So where's Cameron Smith's head at? We know players champ third at the masters. We know this guy with his iron game and his ability to get up and down, keeps the ball anywhere in front of him at all off the tee. You know, he'll, he'll go to work. So I just, that's one that I've got my eye on Ben Cameron Smith. Like what's that guy going to do? Cause I haven't heard like definitive. Some guys are like, will came out. It's like, Hey guys, I'm hearing a lot of rumors. Guess what? I'm staying. Not every player is doing that. Yeah, Not sure, sure. I, 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 I gather that Xander's Xander's close friend might be uh, one who's on the fence as well. Should we say so? Well, um, oh, there's no question. Oh, there's no question. Cantley's on the fence too, and and um, I think for the tour standpoint, Xander staying that was that bodes well. I mean, it's funny. Like these guys get asked the question. The ones that have already made the decision to go to the LIV. They, they, you know, there's no right. There's no way to answer it that's going to sound great you know there's just no way it's impossible there we're just here to play golf okay we're just you know we're just here to play golf and that's you know that's that's what we do we don't have any other common either way okay we, we don't care like pat perez he's blunt you know he puts it out there which is a tough look and then cantley who's on the fence gets asked about it and he looks like he saw a damn ghost like he can't even he can't even put a sentence together yeah <laughs> <You> know, so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i just think when you make the decision that there's got to be a sense of relief i believe xander did i think his play now off he goes and i just worry a little bit about cameron and where his head at and where his head at. i don't know one way or the other I, I don't know but it'll be interesting to see a lot of these players they're still they're not coming out and saying one way or the other like if you're definitive you'd think he would follow will's track or jt's um leadership and rory and those guys that are coming out and saying, you know, where are you at? Billy Horschel. So more to come on that. Tell my audience about this next 45 to one who is playing some terrific golf. And that is 
Ryan Fox right now. This guy's going to be popular this week, isn't he? Yeah, he will be. He's been popular as well for the Open. You know, there were some 100, 150 to 1 last week. That's all been taken. In terms of form players on the DP World Tour, he's he's the best without question. You look at the race Dubai, I think he's fourth behind a couple of the guys who've picked up those big points in in majors. Um, what what can I say? He won the, the Raz Al-Khaimah Classic from the front. That was a massive confidence boost for him. He, he, one of those guys who, I, and I think we forget about this, we saw another one, Hao Tong Lee, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the pandemic was fun for nobody, but for some players, it was harder. And and Ryan Fox had to go through a very, very stringent quarantine regime in New Zealand. Every time he wanted to go and play, he had to, back in 2020, he had to forego the DP World Tour Championship because he wouldn't have been held to go home for Christmas. And, you know, it was it was definitely tough for him with a young family. Um, the story of his last five years has been everybody in Europe thinking, well, when is Ryan Fox going to put it together? He, he'd be right up there as one of the most frustrating players around. He has so much power, so much natural ability, he plays the game fast. He's got great mm. hands around the greens. The obvious transformation this year has been on the greens, but also with his approach play. Um, before I'd have said he's a brilliant driver who is very good around the greens. Well, now he's a fantastic iron player and he makes parts. So, you know, we know he's a brilliant Lynx golfer. He had the Irish Open stolen from him by Russell Knox a couple of years ago. The Dutch Open, which he had stolen from him this year, was mm-hmm. on a Kyle Phillips-designed Lynx-like golf course. So much to like. The obvious thing you have to say is, going back to when he won, he's finished outside the top 15 twice. USPGA, US Open. And it's that crossing, taking this form to elite level and really believing in himself. He's not the most outgoing and bullish of characters and it's whether he thinks he's world-class he's in the top 50 in the world now certainly one of the best players in europe with a bit of belief there's no reason it can't be a huge fortnight for him i'll give you one slight negative is that when he plays this week will be his fourth week and then he'll be playing his fifth week in a row at the open his his daughter was ill last week and he he lost a lot of sleep on the flight home from the u.s open i just Mm. worry he might run out of steam that would be my main concern okay who else over there? DP World Tour in the field. We may not be thinking about um, right now. Last week's winner, Adrian. It's Merrick. Merrick, right? That's how you say it. his last name. Uh, Moronk, I, I believe, but I'm, I'm not massively up on, my, uh, you, okay. on my Polish pronunciations. But yeah, he's a fantastic yeah. young talent. Well, you so he, so, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean. It, so he's 70 to 1. I don't think he's necessarily a Lynx golfer at this point in his career. Um, you know, all his best form's been on Parkland courses, but a huge future and one I hope we might see pushing for a Ryder Cup place. There's um, Aaron Rye. He's at 65 to 1. He's been a nice player this year, consistent. Um, Horschel's at 60. Keegan Bradley having a good year at 60. I'm, I'm fascinated to watch Cameron Young over there at 55. Um, What's going on with Terrell Hatton this year, Ben? I mean, there, there is at 55. Not quite the same Terrell, right? This, where's his head at? What, what's, he hasn't come out one way or the other, has he, Hatton? No, he hasn't. Um, he, you know, he's, he's had a, he had a pretty solid year, didn't he? Until Canada. And then it's just gone, it's gone all right. I think I generally give him a bit of a pass for the US Open. I, I don't think, I know he played well at Shinnecock, but... I think he's going to struggle year after year in that tournament. A little bit like Cameron Smith, actually. I, I don't really think Cameron Smith's a U.S. Open golfer. Um, so I give him a pass for that. Um, he was disappointing in Ireland last week. But I would say, for someone who's got a fantastic links record, won the Dunhill Links twice, runner-up in this event, um, he 
he's been playing well in the JP McManus Pro-Am. So if that helps him, if that's really an indication of where he is, um, then then he's one who I can see tempting a lot of people here because, yeah, top 20 last couple of years in, in this event and a brilliant, you know, versus some players around him, like an Aaron Rye, clearly his best golf is, is higher. Um, so his ceiling is higher. And I wouldn't put anybody yeah. off this week, even though he's not been at his best. Haymaker Coffee Company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give-it-all mentality to achieve their American dream. Haymaker Coffee, only roast, top quality, specialty-grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here. Like, we can all relate to this. How'd you play today? Well, I hit the ball good, but I couldn't make a putt. You know, and then the next day, well, I got my short game putting was pretty good, but I couldn't hit it at all. Didn't give myself any looks. You know, it's kind of like one thing or the, it seems like there's always one thing going on with him. He just hasn't quite put it all together. Not, not the same, just steady body of work that we've, we've seen, you know, from Terrell Hatton. And of course his name was up there so many times. Um, two guys, both at 45, pick one, Neiman or Fleetwood. I'm pretty keen on Fleetwood. I, I do like uh, Neiman for probably more for next week. I, I think, um, you know, we know yeah. about his low ball fly, how far he hits it, his improvements around the green, all of those things um, suggest he could do really well at St. Andrews. But I think obviously Tommy's got the experience here at the Renaissance. He was runner up to Aaron Rye. He should have won. Um, he played well last year. I, I think his game's in a generally better state now than it was a year ago. Um, I'm a bit worried about the driver. You know, I mean, that's the club that, that really got him to world-class um, and it's the club at the moment, which is in and out. But if he's on a good week with the driver, then everything else is good. And he's certainly one of the best links golfers in the field. So I'm pretty keen on Tommy. Yeah. I, I do like him a lot. So a lot of guys are going to, they're going to think back and you know, a lot of these fringe fans, right. And, and they'll, they'll, some of them will be listening to this and they'll get plugged in here with this great field. And they're going to go back and they're going to think about Mito, right? Mito Pereira. It's a fun name fun guy. He's popped. Um, and we saw him, uh, he's, you know, he's done a lot, he's done a lot of really good things here. Third at the PGA, of course, that's where people remember, uh, seventh at the Schwab 13th at Memorial last two weeks though. He's, I don't know if he's a little, a little tired or what, but you know, missed the cut at the U S open, missed the cut at the travelers. He comes over and we're going to think Mito Pereira. Let's jump back on him. That kind of style of golf over there for Mito. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I quite like it. I, I think it's probably too soon to think about him winning even this week, but certainly next week. I know, look, he was one par away from winning the USPGA, but to come and do it on Lynx turf, I, you know, Morikawa winning the Open on his debut was a pretty freakish thing. I think generally speaking, <laughs> it's going to take take most players a little while longer to, to figure it out. But I do like the fact he's freshened up. He's one of those, you know, he played really well in the second round of the Travelers, but I don't think it's a bad thing that he missed the cut there and just had a, a bit of time to reflect on, uh, in many ways, a brilliant three months in, in other ways, obviously a, a crushing three months or one week or one whole rather. Um, but yeah, I think long-term I'd be positive short-term, probably, probably negative and I'd be alone for the next fortnight. So as we get into these now, Mito's 80, Justin Rose, who's won at 75 to one talked about uh, Adrian Moronk at 70, Keith Mitchell, 70. Um, so we start getting to now 80s and 90s and beyond. Is there a sleeper or two in there that this week that you're 
kind of keen on perhaps to win or just maybe even a top 20 if you had to share a couple names there? Yeah, in general, I think the European players are a little bit underestimated this week. I think it did Lynx yeah. golf is a great leveler. Um, you know, we, okay, the field wasn't quite as strong last year, but you still had Scheffler, Burns, Rahm, Thomas. I know Rahm is European, by the way, but obviously, you know, in terms of the elite golfers, you still had a number of the best players in the world there. A lot of them played well, and yet Minwoo Lee, Thomas Dietrich, and Matt Fitzpatrick played the playoff. So I, I do think some of the Europeans are underestimated. I think Victor Perez is a great example. Mm. You know, a recent winner in on a Lynx-style golf course, a winner of the Dunhill Lynx, hitting the ball really well all year. He's competed at a very high level as well. I think Minwoo Lee will put up a good title defense. I do. Um, I think Jordan Smith will continue to play well, but I don't necessarily think he's a Lynx golfer, but for a top 20, top 30, I could see him going well. And I'll just give you a line in case any of your listeners haven't picked up on this one yet about Keith Mitchell, who you mentioned there. Two things I really like about Keith for, for the next week. Um, one is that he's a Honda Classic winner, and the Honda Classic has always been a great uh, breeding ground of, of major winners in general, but open champions. You know, Padraig Harrington won there. Shane Lowry should have won there this year. Tommy Fleetwood arguably should have won there in mm -hmm. 2020 when Sung Jae did. Um, you go back further in time and, and you know, Adam Scott, uh, there, there are loads of players who are brilliant in the wind who go well in that. But the other thing with Keith Mitchell is, as he revealed when he qualified for the Open, uh, his sister, the University of St. Andrews, I believe, and his dad is a, is a member of the RNA who has played in uh, played a number of rounds at the old course and said to Keith at the start of this year, I believe, You've got one goal this year, qualify for the Open Championship. So that's a really nice story for next week. Whether it's something we can make any money off, I'm not sure. But it's it's one of those interesting stories that these Open competitions, whether it be the Open or the US Open, they throw up every year. And, and Keith Mitchell, one who will be particularly looking forward to this fortnight in Scotland. Yeah. Georgia Bulldog, Keith Mitchell. Series at right now, currently 70 to 1. Minwoo, you mentioned 90. Am I wrong on Kirk? I'm just one I got circled to go over there. I got him as a top 20. I mean, let's go to the top. Let's finish with this here. Last 50 rounds. Um, just to give the audience a, a few names here. Last 50 rounds. If you're looking for some long shot, who's playing the who's playing the best? Not that this completely translates, it's completely different style of golf, but just to give you an idea of from a strokes gain total standpoint, uh, you know who's Number from a long shot perspective, number one on that list, Keith Mitchell. Yeah, there we go. Some encouragement that? there, and, and I think you can take you can take some encouragement for Chris Kirk as well. I was slightly surprised he's not played since Canada, where he played really well. I, I thought, you know, I haven't looked, but I would have thought his record in the Travelers would be decent enough, and that'd be a good course for him. I'm a bit surprised he didn't play there, but yeah, he's um, you know, he's he's a good wind player and he's very tidy around the green. So he's one of those who I, I don't think he's going to win an open championship by any means, but I could see him playing well next week and this as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian Harmon is another name around 7580. That's has shown some form Kirk. Um, and then there's so Munoz has done some good things. Um, Thomas Dietrich, he's up there at 150. So those are, yeah. Those are, those are some names here, man. Good field. Rasmus Hogard all the way down at 150 to one. That's a name. That's a name that we see from time to time. Um, that pops up young guy, right? Bombs it off the tee and Joel Damon in the field, 200 to one. 
Wyndham Clark, 200 to one. It's one of my high ceilings guys that I've been doing all right with here this, this year. Just kind of continuing to scroll down here to the bottom. There's Guido. Man, he's kind of fallen off, hadn't he, since his little flash over here uh, in, in, the, in the U.S. Open. He's at 400 to one. Higo, rookie season on the PGA Tour. He's at 400 to one. All right. Anyone else? Any other names as we're, we're down here in the weeds right now? I'm trying to scroll my way back up. <laughs> I'll give you three Europeans who I think, um, okay. I think might okay. play well. Uh, Matthew Jordan. Simple. Matthew Jordan. Simple logic here. Grew up by the coast on the Wirral near Hoy Lake where Rory won the Open. Um, he's just a fabulous seaside golfer. You know, when you when you grow up playing that type of golf, if you're not good at it, you're not going to make it in golf. So um, he came out in 2018 as an amateur and led the British Masters when it was played on a seaside course after round one. He's gone very close in the Dunhill links in Doha in Portugal. Uh, he, he was 18th here last year. He, I think he's probably playing a bit better this time. He qualified for the Open last week, which will put a spring in his step. He played great golf at the weekend in Ireland. Uh, I thought he was really interesting. And we often see Swedish and Scandinavian players in general do well in, in the UK. Similar climates, pretty similar. You, you're usually dealing with some kind of wind. You know, we saw Torbjorn Olsson win it uh, at the Belfry. We've seen Soren Kelson win the Irish Open, Alex Noren win the, the Scottish Open and the BMW PGA Championship. Mikko Illenum won the Irish Open once upon a time. Loads more examples. Um, and I think Joachim Lagergren and Sebastian Soderberg can both play quite well. Um, they're both very volatile, so you have to take that risk on board. They're not consistent players, but Soderberg, number one for strokes gain approach last week. I think he's playing well. I think he probably got a nice boost of confidence making the cut in the US Open. And Lagergren's made his last four cuts and his ball striking's been good probably the best putter on the European tour. So you throw those two things together, four top five finishes in the Dunhill links as well. Links golf is definitely his bag. He needs a bit of space off the tee. Uh, he'll get that here. And yeah, he's another one of those that I'm hopeful can, can be one of many. I think there will be a lot of Europeans in this top 20 and hopefully uh, at least one of those three can be among them. Good stuff there, man. Appreciate the insight on that. He is Ben Coley. He's the best man. Deputy head of editorial sportinglife.com. Go follow him at Ben Coley golf. I know you're, you've got other things to do. I've already done mine with the kids. Now you got to go do yours with the kids, but I, I appreciate your time here. Anytime, Travis. Thanks for having me. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's going to be a fabulous fortnight. So uh, yeah, enjoy. It is. Great cool weeks coming up. Ben Coley stripe show podcast. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with froggy. I think he's off vacation. And we're working on a couple of good guests here coming up this week. So we'll be back tomorrow. Stripe Show Podcast.